0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: It is 5.41. It's time for today on Twitter, where it's a conversation about scam calls and specifically um, who's making them. So this, um, if you
0: if you'll have some patience with me. It's a long Twitter thread, so I'm just going to run through it. Now, this came from Dean of Dean, who tweeted a poll asking people, amongst two new phone numbers... Which one do they think got more scam calls? So um, this is the exact tweet. Had an experiment just to find out something. Bought two new phone numbers. SIM A, solely for work. SIM B, personal. After two months, one SIM card has the most scam calls ever, while the other one, zero. Guess which one it was? Uh, Just to add a few pieces of info. SIM A was solely for work. WhatsApp, SMS, calls. It does not link to anything else. SIM B is registered with famous banks in Malaysia and famous e-commerce commerce platforms in Malaysia and government databases. The poll results are astonishing to witness. As some of you may have guessed, the culprit is SIMB, which again is the one that was meant for personal use. Uh, however, there's no concrete evidence to determine whether the main offender would be among banks, e-commerce
1: or government agencies. So the... The, the, the person who posted this also shares a theory that this happens because there might be insiders in these organizations that sell data to scammers. Uh, he refers to a report from Imperva as well um, and also talks about phishing as a common tactic used by scammers to obtain personal information. However, this distinction between what do you use your number for and therefore who does that leave it open to is absolutely something that I've thought about so often because even something as simple as I want to purchase Purchase something. I want to purchase a TV. Um, Do I have to fill in a form? Do I have to put my phone number there? Um, All the people who stand with clipboards outside with, you know, sign up for this and sign up for that. Give me your details. Actually, who protects that data? who are you handing over your,
0: your information to? And who will they then hand it off to further? Yes. Um, how far is your number going to travel, I think, is a question that people perhaps don't think about in the in the moment or when you sign up for things or when you click checkboxes and you're just like, okay, okay, let's get on with it. Um, I think the other thing here is the question of how often we all get creepily targeted messages or calls because in the threat as well, or, or rather in response to the, thre- to the threat, there were a few people pointing out different circumstances and uh, Dean of Dean kind of replying and, and highlighting some of them. One of which was the, one of which was somebody who used to get messages relating to a place that they didn't live in. Let's call it um, Taman Pahang. And, They've never lived there, so when they would get messages from Tanaga National specifically, asking them to pay their pay their electricity bills, they just ignored it because they've never lived there and it, they felt like it didn't matter. Uh, but... A little while later, they received a WhatsApp from somebody who said that they were a real estate agent saying, Hi, you live in Taman Pahang. I really um, am looking for houses to sell there. Would you be interested in selling me your house? And I get these messages in relation to my taman all the time. That's so interesting.
1: And it specifically names where I live. I've heard of this. I've never experienced it, and I can imagine how disconcerting it must be. It's disconcerting. it's gross.
0: i like I don't like people having any sort of you know I don't understand why this is information they need to have um having had that information, I don't understand why they would use it this way. There's just a lot around that that I don't like, but um, it does speak to well whoever whoever it was who shared my number
1: with this database, clearly has a lot of information about me. Well, if we look at the tweets, actually, a lot of people are calling out um, banks and financial agencies. Mm. And if nothing else, um, I don't know the inner workings of a bank. Um, I certainly don't intend to say that I know this is in fact what happens. But I think if public perception is this strongly tied to banks having my information is not safe, I think some damage control needs to be done. So anyway, if we just look at um, the tweets, Ash says, "My work phone is connected to all the food and utility stuff, while my personal number handles purely banking, and that's where I get scam calls. Simply put, the leaks happen close to your money. The banks are the main culprits. Insiders are selling our info." Uh, TPC meanwhile says, "I use two separate numbers for two different banks, and nothing else is used uh, for the and nothing else is used for those numbers. One rings with scam calls and loan shark SMSs. Another is." Dead silence.
0: Uh, similarly, Andriani says, I have one number for e commerce, ride hailing, food delivery,
1: e wallet, no bank apps, it's safe. No spamming SMSs or WhatsApps. Um, Kupu Kupu says, Bank information is not safe if you happen to apply for anything from a bank. In the next few days, you will get a lot of unknown so called agencies calling you to offer you this and that.
0: Zaril says, PDP PDPA Act 2010 be like, I am a joke to you? And and that, I think, is speaking to your point earlier, Sharmila, about how is this protected? Who protects this? And the answer is technically, technically there is an act that covers mm. you. Now, how much that is actually followed and covered, uh, how much it's enforced,
1: I don't know. And how protected we all feel. The how protected we all feel is... I think, really the heart of this issue, right? Because increasingly, I know most people now um, don't answer calls on their phones, don't trust any call they get from anyone, even if it is legitimately a bank. Um, And yes, some of these are security measures and are are helpful. But sometimes I just think that it it often creates a a very unhealthy environment of mistrust and uh, not being able to engage, particularly when so many things now require us to use digital platforms.
0: Yes, and the spam calls and you not picking up—that's annoying. It, it, it's it's something that you don't that most of us don't like. I think partly because you always worry that you're missing something yes. important, but at the same time, you don't necessarily want to signal that this is a person who will pick up your calls if and when you're trying to sell me something or persuade me that I have an outstanding police report in I don't know Perak or something. <laughs> um, so. So that's one thing. The spam messages also I find aggravating. Oh, absolutely. Because you can't, I mean, if you have some phones and you know some people have apps as well that filter these sorts of spam messages
1: out, but it, it's they're not perfect. These systems aren't perfect. And so you still get... And they switch the numbers so often that sometimes it doesn't seem to matter even if you report one or you add one to your blocked list. So I, this is, you know, nothing personal, but during
0: the pandemic... At the absolute height of the pandemic, when you heard about people losing their jobs, about companies closing down, and I would get daily, what felt like daily messages, promising me that they are from an incredibly prominent social media company. And do I want to earn 500 ringgit a day? <laughs> and I mean, I did not, but I could not help but feel every time I saw those messages, a flare of very deep anger, because I was thinking about all the people who were vulnerable in this exact moment in time, um, who were being taken
1: advantage of by these spam messages. It just made me so angry. We are talking about this because of a tweet that essentially highlights that your personal number um, is quite likely to, get, likely to get a lot more scam calls than, say, a work number that you only use for specific reasons. So, essentially, we'd like to hear from you. Do you get a lot of scam calls? And how do you think they got your number? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 tweet us at BFM Radio. Brave. Free. Malaysians. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. BFM 89.9. That was The Moneymaker by Rilo Kylie. It is 5.53. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been asking you, do you get a lot of scam calls and how do you think they got your number? You can call us, 777 900 send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of messages that have come in. Let's start with MZ who says, I'm using a flagship Samsung phone that helps me
0: filter out unknown numbers and it will read out whatever the other side is saying, recorded or otherwise. It helps me a lot and then I don't even need to pick up my phone. And yes, I do think that financial institutions or their apps might be the culprit because my other number is quiet it without these things.
1: So um, I have never done this experiment to check whether um, a particular sort of usage might increase the number of scam calls I get. But um, seeing the number of people who are talking about it, um, I do wonder what the solution is. Because in the end, some of these functions are unavoidable.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, every time we talk about this, we hear from people who have Decided to live off the the current version of the grid. Yeah, <laughs> um, in other words, you know, people who have never shopped online, people who choose to do no banking online whatsoever. But I think you're right that for most of us, it's it's not tenable. And then all that happens is that we end up trying to put security measures in place, and it's almost as if we accept this as mm-hmm. part and parcel of modern living. And and that can sometimes feel very
1: unsatisfactory it feels like you don't have control over your own information, your own finances, and that can be quite scary. Um, Azva says, yes, I get a lot of scam calls. I think they got it from some dishonest folks who work for the financial institutions. I would normally try to strike up a conversation with them, the ones who speak in Malayo English, but then they just hang up on me. Uh,
0: Azva, I hear, I hear of people doing this and it fills my heart with simultaneous joy, but also like... Some anxiety because um, I do the opposite thing. When I pick up, I'm like, no, no, no meeting, 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 meeting. And, and then I slam it down and I regret. <laughs> Just I regret whatever impulse made me pick up the call. It's often delivery, I realise. When I'm ah, expecting a parcel. You think it's
1: a delivery? Yes. Mine is when I'm sleeping and the phone rings because it's an automatic, like, oh my God, it's an emergency, I have to pick it up.
0: Yeah, I, I, I tend to, if I'm waiting for something, if I'm waiting for a call, that's when I'm vulnerable. And the minute they... they greet me and mangle my name hi is that lee chu bi i'm like no okay forget it <laughs> you know i'm busy i'm in a meeting never call me again um but but the regret of having
1: picked up is intense it's interesting that you give them an excuse of the meeting cuz i just do the tana 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 and then i hang up um i i think i think my natural
0: like I don't know why I'm polite, actually. I'm not sure why I bother. Don't apologize for
1: politeness. It's okay. Chubi is polite. Traylor's <laughs> not true. so much. So, um, CK says, I don't get a lot of scam calls, but the annoying messages, yes. The worst issue is that these scammers seem like they don't even need to have a proper identity to get a proper number to do their scam activities. These days, they create new tactics via delivery. My parents received a parcel when they didn't order anything, with the driver asking for delivery fees up to a thousand ringgit.
0: I've heard about this. Um, mm. I remember this being reported a little while ago and um, I think mixed households tend to be more vulnerable to this because of course if you live alone, then you you know that you did not order anything. The issue is when you live with other people uh, and you're right. not sure whether somebody got something delivered, you're not certain um, and then you're also not certain whether somebody got something delivered and asked for COD. There, there are all these things I think that go into it where you're not
1: sure... They rely on you being
0: unsure about what's actually happening.
1: We have um, Madi saying, do you remember the days when we had phone directories freely available? Anyone could access names, addresses and phone numbers. Anyone heard of scams then? Do yes, fair? yes. <laughs> I just think they wouldn't have been digital or or based on phone numbers and things like that.
0: So I think a lot of the scams we currently see are just updated versions of scams mm. that people have been running for the longest time. Whether it's love scams or people preying on things like fear or selfish, uh, not selfishness, fear or greed, which are the things that we hear about the most often, right? So I, I think that those have always been in place. Um, The, the problem now is that Okay, so with directories, sure, your phone number was linked to your address. Now they know your age because sometimes they've got your IC number. Um, they know which bank you're mm. you're with. You know, there are all these other things that kind of get very creepy. Like I said, I,
1: I go back to the, why, what makes you assume I want to sell my house? Well, keep your thoughts coming. Do you get a lot of scam calls? How do you think they got your number? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us at BFM Radio.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.